Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for Counterpoint, and tonight we've got Dennis Matthews, who is, of course, vice president over at Enterprise Canada, former advertising advisor. <laughs> advertising advisor. Yeah, are you an advertising advertiser? Former advisor to <laughs> Prime Minister <laughs> Stephen Harper. Layers. And on the phone, we got former Liberal War Room director John Mraz. Hello there, guys. I feel like we were both in advertising. I felt <laughs> there you go. Well, advertising about advertising. At one point, I think you were. Let's touch upon the topic that we were just um, discussing, and this is this national holiday that the Liberals have come up with um, to to take a day off to remember. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Dennis, and I'm going to say that this is probably aimed at election. You know, soothing relations with First Nations because they're not very happy with the fact that they've been, you know, forgotten about really, but certainly. Uh, I, I can see this being, you know, a, a, a bid to buy peace for an election and make everyone happy by giving them a national holiday. Uh, you know, possibly. And I, and I think when you're this close to an election campaign, everything inevitably becomes viewed through that lens and, and is political. Uh, you know, is a is a holiday or a you know day of sort of recognition going to to buy them peace? I I'm not sure. And these are complicated issues, and you're sort of seeing a lot of promises were made. You know. I, Trudeau had promised to keep all of the, I think there were 94 or 95 truth and reconciliation recommendations. And I don't think they made a lot of progress on, on all well, of them. he's done nothing. He, he said he would adopt them all, an impossible promise to deliver. Yeah, and, and you look at something like a, a, you know, a, a holiday and you, and you put that in the category of like, what's the, what's the kind of shiny bauble that you can point to that we did them all? And, and it's kind of obvious what they're doing on that front. So I, you know, I think people will see through it. On, you know, on the other hand, I was listening to you on, on the way in here. And you know, I was slightly persuaded that you know, maybe we need to do something. And I'm surprised we is, haven't done something, is frankly. This, is this the thing? You know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I hear where you're coming from on, on the politics angle. John? Well, I do Am I too cynical? The Roman Emperor Caligula did 100 days in a row of holidays to distract from the excess and decadence of his administration. This, of course, is not analogous. But um, <laughs> this, what's interesting to me about this is there's a certain integrity to this because, uh, and I, I think Dennis knows this, the turnout in terms of voters yep. from our Native communities it's pretty low, and I'm not... It was, but it wasn't in the last election. They came out and voted. Uh, the percentiles are still pretty low, and they're well below other median averages for other groups. Uh, and I'm not necessarily sure that uh, Trudeau was entirely supported by them. I think that that gets split across three parties. And finally, Trudeau has always maintained from his tattoos to um, some of his top three agenda items that this was something... He was going to do about the state of uh, social and economic security and the legislative rights of natives and, and of course, on the side and very important topic, respecting disappearing women on the highways of Canada. He has not accomplished much. They've, well, so the, the looks, missing women's like, inquiry is like a disaster. Term, it looks like a bit of a shiny bauble. I'd be much more impressed if he actually... Because there would be integrity to it. I'm not sure there'd be a lot of votes, and thereby there would be integrity to it. I, I, I'd like it if he actually took on some of the huge problems that we have with those communities in this country. Uh, and I don't think it's an easy topic. Well, it's ne- it's not easy, but then don't yeah. promise it. No, and this is where I think the missing and murdered uh, inquiry that's that's going on for me it, it speaks so much about the about this government. It was a signature campaign promise. It was a big differentiator between between Trudeau and Harper, and they sort of took action on it immediately. Yep. And here we are, three years later. And it's over budget. There's no real report. Half the people, half have, people quit. have quit. And it's just it's one of those things where if you lose if you lose control of something like that that was so you know that was so signature to what they were promising to do differently, what does it say about all the other things you're doing? But correct me if I'm wrong, but 
but your old boss Harper actually didn't want to do the inquiry because he said, "Look, we have the information. We have the, yeah. we have what we need as far as um, tackling the issue. Let's not put on this show of a of an inquiry. We yeah. need to actually implement the changes." And and here we are, three years later, billions of dollars in the hole. The inquiry is is falling apart, and no change has been made. No, and and that's the you know he was he was bang on on this, and it's it's unfortunate, it's tragic. The more you read into some of these stories, they're they're horrible. But uh, you know they're uh, primarily a, a, you know criminal in nature, and this is where their law enforcement and and others need you know the tools, and I think they have them to do what they, they need to do. But you know nothing's bringing these people back, and by not actually taking action to sort of solve the root pro- the core of the problems here, we're just making it uh, we're making it worse by dragging it out. John, last point to you. I I couldn't agree more with Dennis. It makes me think back in '68 Trudeau thought about tackling the larger issues here. And, and, and whether you're a liberal or conservative would at least give Trudeau that he was a bright guy, was interested in resolving this issue, spent a lot of time on it, and he backed off in the end. And we've been having this conversation ever since. And I'm not sure we've moved much forward since 68, which is 50 years ago, because I was born that year, I do know. Well, so, no, we've done nothing, but we're going to get a day off. You know, that's that's basically where we're at. We're going to get a day off. Um, but meanwhile, interestingly, his government, um, namely his minister, the climate change minister, Catherine McKenna, has come out today. And it wasn't a long clip. <laughs> I'll tell you that. But she came out today and actually said uh, in response to the Sir John A. Macdonald statue being taken down, don't erase our history. Here she is. I think that, you know, there are some cases where you need to work with communities, and we've done that through the historic sites and monument boards to look at how you recognize uh, and potentially include two names uh, with sites where you might recognize the, uh, you know, a particular part of a history and also the indigenous connection. Right. The problem is, uh, Dennis, her government is, is the one that really started this because they stripped off the name of the, you know, Langevin building mm-hmm. in Ottawa. Yeah, I used to work in the Langevin building and, and you know, that, that's what it was called then before the, before the nameplate was taken off. And, and it's sort of analogous to, to taking down some of the statues and other things that you, you see happening. But the what, what really bothers me here, and when you take a look at the bigger picture and look to the south, you know, the, the became so divisive, removing the, you know, some of the, the Civil War statues and other things. And, and you sort of created this, you know, this extra angst that doesn't need to exist. I mean, if you judge people by the standards that we hold today, yep. now I look at myself and, you know, I'm, I'm mid-30s and I look at myself 10 years ago, there are views I held then that I don't hold today. Sure. You know, how are we supposed to hold somebody to today's standard in 2018 from the 1800s? I mean, right. It's, it's, it's absurd I, that they're going to have that same standard. I am exhausted by this conversation and I, I can't imagine anyone having it in the Middle East or in Europe. I, it's like going down to Egypt and saying, look at those, pir- you know, pyramids. You know, <laughs> the old, the old guys, they took like a million, a million lives of suffering to build those things. We should take them down. Well, what about the Holocaust Memorial? What about going to Auschwitz? I mean, could you imagine? Well, we took them down because there's such a terrible memory. I mean, that's the only way you're not going to get a repeat of, of killing Jews. But to take that out to me is just one of the things that I learned as a a war correspondent and a consultant in war zones is we don't seem to learn from history. Well, I tell you, it will not be helpful if we start taking down those monuments, those portraits, those statues that remind us not necessarily of the good of our past, but also of our mistakes. And there's nothing stopping anybody from putting a plaque at the bottom of these things and giving it some framework. Well, like I have taking it down is like erasing our history. There's an Orwellian or like a Ray Bradbury, you know, sort of aspect of this, like sort of science fiction. We will erase or change our past.
Yeah, look, I, I get the sense that the politician at the the core of this, the the mayor of Victoria, thought, "Oh, okay, well, this will this will be a good little uh, pocket issue I can can own." And 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 I'm hoping that there was enough blowback that no one else will be stupid enough to do this. I really Maybe do. Should go back yeah. to building golf courses for the lovely older population that live in Victoria <laughs> and leave this alone. <laughs> it's a woman, yeah. but same thing. She or can she build them. Can. She can build them too. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. And it is Counterpoint. We got John Raz and Dennis Matthews here tonight. Let's kick this one around, shall we? Uh, the province has put a hold on temporary injection sites. There were a couple that had been okayed by the last government. Uh, but Doug Ford has been pretty clear he wants an actual solution to this. And one Toronto councillor is actually saying absolutely no more sites. She's got two of them in her uh, particular ward downtown. And she says the crime and the violence and the vandalism has shot through the roof. And just the mess around these things is making an unlivable situation. John, where are you at on this thing? Because people are angry because they see this as a fix to a problem. But it's not a permanent fix. No, we haven't even come close to a permanent fix. The only two countries in the world who have actually really gotten anywhere on this are Portugal and uh, Norway. And well, sing, uh, I don't think they're doing it in Singapore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, they're certainly not. They're, they're certainly not, you know, past the cane. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> what these guys did was they said, look, we're not going to make hard drug use legal, mm-hmm. but we're going to decriminalize it. We're not going to chase users. We're also recognize that every time the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors working in concert say, we're going to hold back on the Percocets and the oxy, you know, Oxycontin, which, by the way, is usually the trigger for a lot of people who end up on heroin or speed on the streets. Every time that you pull that stuff back, people go to the streets and you've got a problem. So it's, it's about decriminalization. It's a federal issue. Doug is right. This is not a solution. I can't believe I'm saying Doug Ford is right about this, but Doug Ford is right about this. It is not a solution. It is a stopgap measure. Of course, people make the argument with these sites, what you're doing is bringing people into proximity of the help they need. The help is everywhere. And if you were actually using pharmacies, the help's there too. Well, those are big moves and I don't expect us to get anywhere. I mean, Justin Trudeau's barely managed with a tepid foot to even move us down the road to his big promise on you know, marijuana. That's a totally different but, problem. But but let's acknowledge it's a disease. And once people are hooked, it is all of our problem because you can have somebody who's a lawyer, who's a judge, who's a yep. doctor with the best education, best background. Once they're addicted to this stuff, they will end up being the person who mm-hmm. steals your computer out of your car or, you know, worse in right. the neighborhood. Sure. And, and it is a disease, Dennis. It's mm-hmm. a terrible disease. And while these injection sites do, in fact, help keep some people alive... Um, others end up dead on the streets, and 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 I don't understand why we're not putting them. If you're going to put one up, put them near a hospital. But the plan yeah. should be when you go in that facility, you're going straight into a treatment center that will at least get you your 30 days. Well, I got to correct you a bit there, Alex. The reason that they are in many of the neighborhoods they are is those are neighborhoods with very low rent, right? These are usually uh, lower economic strata neighborhoods, which is where people with these problems... Okay, but they've got one in the middle of Dundas Square in a tourist tourist area. Yeah, so I work at uh, at Bay and Dundas. Sure, right. right. You know, I've just watched the 
the neighborhood, it's on a decline. And yeah. it's, and part of the challenge is it's, you know, you, there's a, the whole, uh, the whole drug use issue. And, and, you know, I understand, uh, John, the points, the points you're making there, but when you look at the sites that go in, there doesn't seem to be the support for the neighborhood, the policing, yeah. the other pieces that are required when you bring all these, these people to this area and, you know, wh- whatever's happening in the site, you put that aside for a second, you feel for the residents and for the business owners yeah. in these areas, because they, it the just students, the families, you know, I, I had some clients from out of town and you know came by our office they asked me like are there this many homeless like i was surprised there's so many homeless people in in toronto yeah. i sort of had to explain to them well there's this site and this is why this whole neighborhood is kind of in a in a transition and you know like yes we got to deal with the, yeah, but it's the not going to transition issue, better i mean no, it's only it's, going to go further no, and, downhill and, and i hope i'm not yeah. applying transition to the better it, it's a transition to the it's a transition to the worse but uh, you know it, we need to actually think about where these sites go if we are going to have these sites and if we're going to put them somewhere we have to do something about the surrounding area or we need a federal strategy. Right. We need to hold yeah. the pharmas who last time I checked were fairly profitable, accountable, and get them to be part of the solution. We need to do what the you know, Portugal is not known for its progressive secular values. That's an old Catholic enclave. They said we gotta treat this like a spiritual disease. We have to, because they had such trouble with exactly yeah. this. And these solutions weren't working. Right. But so, we've also we're also going down the path of, of Vancouver. Um, which has been doing this now for a couple of decades, yeah. and it's it's not uh, working. Yeah, no, it's not. It, it doesn't appear to be. And you look at, um, you know, even I was listening on uh, before your show here, and describing them, saw them as it was overdose pre- prevention sites. And all the terminology, all, all the euphemisms that get deployed with these sites. I mean, these are people who are injecting extremely dangerous sure. drugs. And, you know, how do we actually seven get to the point where... Seven people just died. Yeah, seven people seven died. People. But it, you look in 12 at, days. You look at Canada, we're dealing with thousands of fentanyl deaths yeah. uh, over the course of a year. And, and you know, when you, you look at the magnitude of these problems, we're not, we're not really addressing the big picture stuff. We're seemingly only, you know, focused Band-Aid on... Fix. Yeah, Band-Aid fixes. And it's, it's not working. No, it's not. And so I would like uh, Doug Ford to sit down with the feds and say, you know what? We are getting a permanent fix to the fix. Yeah. Let's talk about the illegal border crossers. 23%. That's the jump we have seen in one month. And the federal director in charge of this says that we better get used to this because we can no longer avoid the migration crisis that has hit Europe. And it seems, Dennis, that the government has completely lost control of this file. And yet it gets bigger by the day because now they're creating a pilot project to start shipping these people all over the place. And I don't understand why they're not just sealing the border. Yeah, like it, the whole, the, one of the biggest blessings that Canada has is protected by oceans on, on three of our coasts and an extremely peaceful neighbor to the, the south. There's there's no reason to have a, a border crisis here. Um, you know, where where I'm... I've been quite, you know, fascinated watching sort of the public reaction to this and the, and the media and the elite reaction, and they're on different, uh, they're on different planes here. And you know, you look at, at polling and you, and you start to see scenarios here where you know, people are concerned about healthcare, they're yep. concerned about the economy, but the number three issue is quickly becoming refugees and and border. And the government seemingly not only has no plan to deal with it, their plan is to go on the offensive against people who are saying sure. do something about it. Yeah, John. Somewhat respectfully to both of you, it seems to me that the the new Roman Empire, the largest economy on earth, cannot secure its border with Mexico, no matter what it throws at it. Yeah, but they're not going there. They're coming here. So we have the largest unguarded border in the world. There are also issues of native land and proprietor rights there. And 
We simply, we don't have the money, the people, the wherewithal, and the United States don't either to guard that border. Okay, but hold on a second. This wasn't a problem a year and a half ago. No, so, it so was let... a problem when, uh, yeah. when the Donald arrived. Sure, but then when our prime minister decided to get all virtue signaling and say, hey, okay, you don't like him, come here. I, I mean, think, I mean, I, I, look, let's be real. You know, when people coming from like Central Africa are running through Saskatchewan into the snow, they must be pretty scared. They must really, be, but yeah. they're coming from the United States. And last I checked, I'm going to the United States this weekend, and I don't think I have to cross any fields to come back. Yeah, I mean, honestly. I spent the last two weeks in the, in, in the United States. Extremely safe country. Smokes, but I, anyway, look, <laughs> the, the, the issue here is we simply can't hurt the border. <laughs> that wasn't my five-year-old, by the way. <laughs> well, look, I don't know why they, they maybe they think, Dennis, that this is, a, this is an election winner for them. I think in a year, if this continues at this pace with this many people coming through, I think they're going to be turfed. Yeah, we're, you know, we're compassionate yeah. and, you know, we're a compassionate country. There's no doubt about that. We let in hundreds of thousands of people a year to have a new life in, in Canada, but it's people who follow the rules and go through a process. And, you know, even, even the, even Canadians who've come, immigrants who've come to our country recognize that, you know, they're upset because sometimes they waited years or even decades to get here and get their families here. And, and now people can just well, walk across. My, and, my husband's an immigrant. His yeah. mom's coming. I mean, they've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on, on lawyers yeah. and waiting and, in line. And, and it's not just the issue of immigration and refugees. It's, it's the, it's the tax, like it's the system that gets taxed. And, and sure. you know, but whether, whether it's healthcare, whether it's schools, other things are not or opiate prepared. prices. Yeah, we we're, can't. Not prepared, <laughs> we're not prepared for this. We're not prepared for this influx. Yeah. Look, no. look, 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 Donald Trump did some not so virtue signaling and started incarcerating parents, separating them from their children to try and cast some sort of shadow on, you know, those that were crossing from the south, from the okay. from Mexico, whatever. Do you know what the rate and flow of illegal immigrants in the States, what's happened? Hasn't gone down. Hasn't really gone up either. No effect. Well, so what is it that we are going to do to stop people who feel like they are imperiled by the current American government and want to run to a place well, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually feel so bad if I maybe saw some kind of campaigns. You know, going to the United States saying, "Don't come here. It does not work the way you think it does. We have yeah. a system." But I've heard nothing. There's well, and, nothing to. And part to of the thing is, it, well, if you make your way into the country and you cross the border and, and do these things, if you're not a legitimate refugee or, or fleeing actual danger, yeah. yep. you know, I'm sorry, but you got to go back. Yeah, fleeing the United and, States. Well, no, is I, not, I agree with that. Yeah. I also think we should put up ads everywhere explaining sure. how really cold it is here in the winter. Yeah, <laughs> and we will not provide. <laughs> Mittens, you know, you come at your own risk. All right, guys, I do have to leave it there, and I thank you so much. Dennis uh, Matthews joining us, as well as John Raz. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.